good evening, and welcome to this evening's Meet the Artist interview. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, and it's my pleasure to be here with you this evening, Saturday, February 16th, 2008, in the War Memorial Opera House here in San Francisco. Some of you may not know that these Meet the Artist interviews and all of our Meet the Artist interviews, and particularly tonight's, will be recorded for podcasting. And so if you go to the San Francisco Ballet website, sfballet.org, probably Monday, I think, you'll be able to catch this interview and the other interviews throughout the season. Um, Catch up on the ones you've missed and repeat the ones you've enjoyed. It's my very great pleasure this evening to be in conversation with principal dancer Kristen Long. Thank you. So, thank you so much for making yourself available, and um, welcome. Thank you. I know that most of you are probably very well acquainted with Kristen. Kristen has been a member of the company for a very good tenure, and you have, <laughs> she says, longer than that. Um, refresh our minds. You began in the corps de ballet how many years? Um, in 1990. Uh, it was my first year in the company in the corps de ballet. Um, was promoted to soloist a couple of years after that, and principal in 1999. So, and we've seen you dance the entire spectrum of the repertoire. I know you. Um, I think is it fair to say you don't have a specialty? Do you like mm-hmm. any particular thing that you've done better than anything else? Um, I like pretty much everything. I would say you're right. Because we've seen you do contemporary, we've seen you do Balanchine, and of course, one of the reasons that makes it very appropriate to have Kristen as a guest tonight is that later in this week, you will be dancing the role of Giselle. And for those of you who want to catch that, I believe it's Thursday, Thursday, this week. Any other that you're aware of? And the last show on Sunday, the 24th. Okay, so make note of those. Um... It's always interesting to me when I look at our principal dancers. Well, you look all the way through the whole company and observe how they come from all over the world. And there's a contingent of dancers who are the sort of homegrown, the American dancers. And you're one of those. Um, Talk about, just for a minute, put us kind of in the picture as a dancer in this company, being from the tradition whatever that means, of being trained in America, in the United States? Um, well, first of all, I'm very fortunate to um, have you know, joined the company and been here through all the years and be still around to celebrate the 75th anniversary um, and watch the company go through so many different changes um, over that time, and we have so many wonderful dancers from all over the world. I was in San Francisco Ballet School uh, for a year before I joined the company, Um, So I am American-trained for my training in Pennsylvania. Um, But when I was here in the school for a year, I had a Russian teacher. So I have a big um, mix of different trainings, um, which has helped me tremendously to do all the different rep that we have in the company. And to see all these dancers that we have now from all over and the different trainings... um, it's, it's pretty special to learn from them, to grow with them. Um, 
and just develop a you know, really worldwide company. When you say learn from them, how much of that actually can take place during rehearsals, during class? Do you stand behind somebody who spent their whole life at the Paris Opera or something to that effect? Yeah, um, there's that, you know, just learning, standing by other dancers, seeing the way they work at the bar, as simple as that. Um, we have many different teachers that teach the company. Um, we had someone recently from the Paris Opera teaching class, um, you know, a completely different class, something that we're not used to. Um, but it was pretty wonderful to, you know, experience all of that. Um, Yuri Posakov works with the company a bit now, and uh, that's who I work with, um, Giselle. Um, and I dance with Gennady Nidvigin. So that's been a really special experience. He himself was amazing in the role um, as Albrecht. And watching him pass that on to Gennady and then to us um, has been a really special experience for me. This is the second time around that I've worked with him. So he's... And uh, repeat that. Is Yuri, Yuri Posakov, yes. Um, He's, I mean, obviously, you know, from watching him dance, he's an extremely passionate, um, expressive dancer. And that's the way he works in the studio, um, passing all that on to help you develop the character as well as, you know, the technique that's behind all of the steps. I would love to come back to Yuri and then, and, but sort of retrace some steps and ask you about how you start learning a role that is one of the great roles in the ballet repertoire, in the in historical ballet. And, um, you know, we were sort of chatting earlier, and I said, so you are told that you're going to learn the first soloist in Symphony in C, and you walk into the studio, and the ballet mistress says, okay, here's the steps, or here's a video, and you learn the steps. Is it remotely like that with something like one of these great roles? Um, you know, a lot of it depends on how much time you have, of course. Um, a lot of our preparation is done on our own, um, if you want to study videos from way back. Um, and it, some of it, a lot of it is passed on through, you know, Helgi himself, ballet mistresses and masters who've done the roles. Um, and there's so many of them who've done them, so you can get a different take from almost all of them. Um, when I first did Giselle... I was a soloist in the company, and um, I danced with Parrish Maynard, who had danced the role quite a lot at American Ballet Theater. Um, so he passed a lot on to me, and he danced with a very special dancer from there, Mariana Tcherkovsky, and um, he took me, actually, it sort of worked out that my family is from Pennsylvania, and her and her husband run um, Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. So we went there for a weekend, and she passed on a bit of what, you know, she learned from the role, and she was pretty amazing in it. So you take all these things from all these different artists or from looking at videos. Um, you know, you first learn the steps, of course, and then you've got to make it into your own um, because it's you out there. You know, you're, yes, you're Giselle, but it's got to be you dancing Giselle, and everybody does it a little different. Everybody has their own take, um, and... From the process, you learn to make it your own. That's, um, I've heard that as a question, and I know that's in people's minds. And that is, um, you're, it sounds like you're saying you're given the um, latitude, you're given permission to put yourself into the role. So it's not just taking steps in direction and 
repeating that. It's moving past that. It's moving past that, yeah. I mean, it's all, you know, set there within the steps. Some people do some things differently, but the base is there. And then you take it and make it your own. And, you know, as you grow, you know, as a dancer and in the role, um, it just gets more interesting and better and better. So it's kind of fun for me now to, you know, I look around at the 16-year-olds in the company and remember the days when that was, you know, me in the corps de ballet. And now, you know, not that young anymore. But it's, it's a whole different thing when you're older and it's, it's much more special and you have a lot more to offer. Um, you have all that experience behind you and all those um, experiences with other artists watching or learning in the studio with them. So, Another question that comes to mind on this same, in this same vein, um, do you look at videos of yourself doing this several years ago? Um, and what's your reaction? It's hard to look at videos. I tend to not to look at them right away after a performance. Um, and when was the last time we did Giselle? I'm trying to think. It's been about four years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as I went to get ready for it this year, um, there was a tape of Gennady and I. We did it together the last time around. And that's the first I had looked at it since then. And um, if you wait that long, <laughs> that's when you go, oh, I was pretty good. <laughs> That's wonderful that you will. But if you look at it sort of, you know, the night after or whatever, you're expecting something else, and you're, most dancers are disappointed in what they see because we're so critical of ourselves and we need to be in order to be great artists. So, um, But, yeah, after, you know, time goes by or on the summer vacation when you're not thinking about dance, you're like, oh, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> are there different versions of something like a classic ballet, like Giselle? In other words, if you were to go to another company, would you have to learn some different things? Yes, definitely. There, there are lots of different versions. and They're pretty, they're pretty similar. Um, you might not even be able to tell. But there are um, certain versions that um, Helgi put a pot of and, and um, variations for Giselle and Albrecht in the first act, and not all versions have that. Um, he changed the peasant paw, what is normally the peasant paw, to a pot de sank um, for five dancers in the first act. Um, and again, just from San Francisco to London to Paris, there could be a completely different interpretation of the role. Um, you know, and that's, again, what makes it special, is you just learn, you know, you take a little bit from everywhere that you get the chance to go. Um, you mentioned that you have been working with Yuri Posakov. Um, so circle back to that. You um, have a certain amount of rehearsal time, and I, obviously Helgi can't play everywhere at once. So one of the ballet masters, or in this case, Yuri, is available. And you're lucky. Yes, I am. I'm very lucky. How does that work? I mean, talk about what it means to work with a coach. Um, well, you know, there, there have been days where you're in the studio alone and there, there can't be somebody there watching you every time. Um, and it, it's hard. It's hard. A dancer always needs someone there sort of telling them how it looks, you know, show, telling them what went wrong. Um, and not, not just picking it apart for the technique and all of that, but just sort of being in the front of the room, giving, you know, it's like having an audience in a way, you know, you, you need somebody there emotionally to support you you know, to get through it all. If we were alone in a studio all, all the time, it makes it very difficult. 
And Yuri has this wonderful tradition. And so what can he bring to your, to your experience? Um, Yuri's, he's pretty special. It's, it's all about feelings for him, you know, um, the technique is there and he'll, he can pick that apart, but, um, the most important part is the character and what you have to express through that and how through the movement you can express the role. Um, and he's very passionate and, uh, it just, it, it makes for a pretty incredible process. We alluded earlier to the fact that you um, do the entire spectrum of repertoire. You have done some, in fact, I think it's fair for me to say you often get cast in parts that are known to be technically very difficult because you just have this prodigious technique. And there was one work um, that we've done in recent times, um, William Forsythe's Vertiginous Thrill of Exactitude, (laughs) which is just... It's abominably difficult. When you approach a ballet like Giselle, is it fair to say that it's just technically not the same challenge? Um, gosh, I don't know if I'd say that because um, I think it's just as challenging, just in different ways. Um, and again, putting on a full evening of dance where you have to carry a role you know, for two hours, it's a, it's a whole challenge in its own. And the, 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 there's technical things that are really difficult as well. Um, vertiginous, yeah. Um, in some ways, it's more freeing for me, I think. Um, just because it's that sort of abandoned kind of dancing that you can let go a bit more. You don't have to be so on balance. And if, you know, one little thing goes wrong, they notice. You can sort of make it work in some sort of way. So I sort of, it's interesting, but I sort of see it the other way. And at the dimension of a character, is that something you enjoy, or is that more of a challenge? Um, it's something that I enjoy. Um, it is a challenge, but it's really fulfilling. I have um, oh, pages more of questions, but I was wondering if maybe this would be a time to break and invite members of the audience to ask questions just about what we've talked about so far, or... Um, Things that have come to you. Does anybody have? Sure, right there. Um, I'll repeat the question. The gentleman is asking, characterize your take on the role, perhaps in comparison or contrast to some of the other artists, whether they're, if I could just elaborate on this, whether they're our own companies or maybe others out there in the world that you've seen. Yeah, that's kind of a hard question. Um, you know, I don't know personally what the other, other artists go through to make that role happen. Um, and something that I may feel or go through may come across differently than somebody else. So it's a hard one to answer. <laughs> How old were you when you joined the company? Uh, 17. So we're not going to do the math. <laughs> we're not going to do the math. <laughs> um, the company doesn't always hire um, students. Um, there, there are certain rules and regulations through AGMA and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, do you think you joined the company actually on the early side? I, I did join the company a little bit on the early side. I still had to finish up my high school education at an independent high school mm-hmm. um, in San Francisco. Uh, 
And nowadays, I think they pretty much wait till you've finished. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of dancers in the company now that are also doing um, their college education while dancing. We have a program with St. Mary's that accommodates the dancers' schedules, um, which I think is pretty extraordinary. Um, I just don't have the time because I have a 10-year-old boy, so <laughs> I might get to the schooling later on. Um, that's an interesting question. How do you... Um, you're a working mother, and it's your son's mother is a little different than the woman who goes to an office downtown. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I, it's a lot easier when Kai was little because he grew up around here, and he would be around me in my workplace quite a bit, um, which was nice to have him around. And now that he has his own schedule <laughs> of events, um, it gets hard. It's hard to see him all the time. Um, and he's busy himself. He sings for the Cathedral Boys Chorus. Um, and I found during Nutcracker time that his schedule was almost as busy as mine, <laughs> and just trying to juggle that, you know, make it to his performances, and when can he come to mine? So... Um, it's nice because he's doing things like that, and um, I understand it so well, what it's like to um, have that kind of schedule. Um, but he comes around quite a bit, and, you know, we make it work. You're lucky that um, this is that kind of atmosphere. Yes, right. I am very lucky. That's a terrific question. Thank you. That was on my list. Um, looking ahead to the New Works Festival, which is this year's really big excitement, I think. Um, what can we look forward to seeing you in? Um, I'm in Yuri Posakoff's new work, and Stanton Welch, and Julia Adam. Those are the three works that I'm in. So. Give us a hint. What types of... They're all very different. Um, Julia's has been particularly interesting to work on. Um, she's using the Goldberg variations, and it's... Um, her take on Sleeping Beauty, and it's very modern and, and contemporary, but it, the process has been really fun. She, Julia always has a story throughout, um, and uh, it's, it's been a fun process, and I'm excited to see that one get onto the stage and see um, you know, what it's like with all the lights and sets and music. Um, Julia always has something. some angle. It's always something. Um, and then you said, Yuri, what sort of thing is he doing? What's he up to? Yuri's is a bit more of a jazzy type number. Um, it's, yeah, it's sort of hard to explain. I think I'll wait on that one. I'll be surprised. And then the other one you said was? Stanton Welch. It's more of a classical um, ballet, tutu ballet. Um, somebody else? Yeah. The question is, I love that question, if you were to pick a couple of roles that are your favorites or are the most fun or, you know, pick a most, what would they be? Um, I think the two we talked about tonight, probably, Giselle and the vertiginous thrill of exactitude, two complete opposites, but equally um, as fun. Interesting. Oh, that's always the, the challenging question. Um, when you walk into the theater after a very busy day, how do you prepare mentally to do a challenging role like Giselle? Well, hopefully, if you're going to do such a challenging role like Giselle, you don't have a very busy day before you get to the theater. But to be honest, I was um, in planning my week for next week um, and trying to figure out my son's off of school next week because it's ski week in the private schools and 
just that was going through my head. Okay, how am I going to work this out? You know, am I going to get him a bunch of play dates? Is he going to come around? Because, again, I love having him around, but when you really have to focus um, on an important role like that, it, it, it could be difficult with him in the dressing room. Uh, mom, mom, this, you know. So, um, yeah, you, you need a lot of quiet time. You need um, a lot of space to really, you know, take a moment to sort of meditate on the role, um, get ready meditation through makeup, you know, take a hot bath, um, do yoga. Everybody has a real different preparation. Um, but when it's something like that, you hope to have a lot of time and you really hope to not be so crazy and busy that day. I know we've heard uh, very romantic stories of the olden days when a ballerina would only dance a few times during a year and would be featured in one of the great roles. And I've always looked at the schedule that you dancers keep and just think, what a dream. I mean, but would you really enjoy only dancing a few times during a season? Um. You know, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a hard one because sometimes your schedule can get so busy that one moment just bleeds into the next and the season ends and you think, I don't remember what I danced. You know, you have that sort of moment. So there's a fine balance there. Um, but also, if you're not dancing a lot, it's hard to keep stay in shape and it's, it's hard to keep the motivation going. Um, and there, there are nights when you come to the theater and you think, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. You know, you're really tired. Your muscles are aching. Um, there was a soloist in the company that joined a couple of years ago that said to me once before a ballet, I don't think I can do it. I'm just so, you know, she was new to the company, new to the schedule of, you know, rehearsing all day and then this performance and changing um, programs. And um, she just looked at me. She said, how do you do it? How do you do it? I said, well, you don't think about it, first of all. <laughs> it's mind over matter at that point. You just, I'm fine, you know, and you go on, and you do it. And then you realize each time after that, you just keep doing it. You know? and, and it works. It must yeah, work. Yeah, it, wor it works, yeah. because we have, you know, so many different programs here, which is what makes this company so special. Um, and we make it happen. You know, we get the ballets on, and, you know, one night we're doing a classical, the next night we're doing something very contemporary, and we have a lot of very contemporary works now, Eden, Eden, I don't know if you saw that last season, but it's, you know, it's a completely different movement than something classical, so you just have to find a way to switch back and forth. Oh, we've got lots of questions. Um, okay, we'll take this one here. Interesting question. Um, the question is about competitions, ballet competitions. The, the gentleman said, are you encouraged? And I might say, have you ever been encouraged? Um, I that? did do a competition once. Competitions are mostly for younger dancers coming out of a school um, so that they can get seen and maybe hired by a company. Uh, when I was, let's say, I'm not sure how old I was, maybe 20, I think, Helgi sent me to a competition. Um, and, and it was like there was a non-professional and a professional sort of level um, in Paris. And I think it was mostly more for experience, just to, you know, if you have young dancers in the company and you can't always get them on in certain things. Um, so he used that as a way to sort of get more experience for me. Um, but competitions, you know, it's it's it's... 
it's hard in the ballet world because what we do, it's not about competing. It's not like gymnastics or any other sport. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I enjoyed the experience, but I think it's more important for dancers to not worry about competing. It's, it's okay for young students, but, uh. That's always a fun question. I've heard it before. Um, at the beginning of the season, how are you assigned roles, and do you get to ask for roles? Um, yeah, mostly Helgi casts, you know, everything, um, and he makes up his mind who dances what. When choreographers come in, they have a say, you know, who they want to use. Um, it was a little tricky this year because we have ten new works happening at once, and if ten choreographers come in and want the same person, there's no way it's going to work. So they really had to um, look at that carefully, the programming on that, or it would just been, you know, a nightmare trying to get all those ballets on. So they spread that out really well, which is nice. Everybody gets a chance to dance. Um, and there are times when I think if something, if you've been here long enough and there's a role that's really important to you, you can, of course, mention, you know, I'd love to do that. Um, but mostly things are cast um, by Helgi himself. I would imagine that, say, that circumstance came along and you went to Helgi and said, I've just always wanted to do this role. Um, he might have a discussion with you. Can yeah, I yeah, assume that, that there are either reasons why that wouldn't work or it wouldn't be his, his first choice, or maybe he would entertain the idea that maybe you could give it a shot? I, yeah, I mean, it might put an idea in his head that he didn't have. Okay. But um, it, it's, it's a tricky one because, you know, one artistic director might feel a certain way and see somebody in a role that another artistic director would think, no, I don't see them in that role. So it's all a matter of taste. Um, and, you know, he's the director of the company, and it's his taste, what, you know, he puts on. But definitely you can talk to him about it, um, and he's open to that. We have time for one more question. Yes, dear. The young lady who I'm guessing is probably a student, a ballet student, is asking, do you have any advice for young students? Yeah, um, my advice for young students is if you really, really love it and you're really focused on it um, and that passion's there, that you can, you can do it. You can make it happen. So passion and focus. For those of you that might have come in after we started, it's been my pleasure to be speaking with Kristen Long, who is a company principal and who will be seen later in the week performing the role of Giselle in this wonderful ballet. I want to thank you, our audience here in the Opera House, as well as those who may be listening to this as a podcast. Um, these Meet the Artist interviews can be found on the San Francisco Ballet's website, sfballet.org. And with that, I'd like to say thank you so much. Enjoy this evening's performance. I know you will. Thank you.